Well, as already mentioned, um, this has been the series for six weeks and now the seventh week. And was led to address um, six areas that we really struggle with fear in our lives. Um, led, led by the Lord to share them. There, there's, there's hundreds and thousands. But the way that we struggle with, with fear of the unknown, so we looked at truth about that. Joshua, nation of Israel, on the brink of entering into the, the promised land, but, but uh, a, a moment that would bring all kinds of unknowns. Fear over... Um, Times when, when we're face-to-face with danger, when, when we're vulnerable, when, when we're hurt or feeling pain. Fear over the reality that we struggle. I think it's especially prevalent in, in the world today with needs being met. Fear when disease and illness comes. When we hear words that we never wanted to hear what that does to our hearts, how it impacts us, fear, when we feel, and I think this is a big one uh, in the world and in, in, uh, in our culture, fear over, over never believing that you're worthy of his love or his forgiveness. Fear over failure. And some of the things we just sang about in that last song, about not being enough. I mean, God wants to reduce you to being fearful of never being able to be used for him. So many things. And I don't know about you, but I think about that. I think about that a lot. And I think about the world we live in, and I think about the way that, that people, you and me, were bombarded day in and day out with that message, right? We see it um, on the internet and in the news, just constant stories all of the time about how bad things are, about how messed up things are, economically, ecologically, politically, all, all for the sake of getting us just to curl up into a little ball, right, and cower. Satan's good. could go on and, and speak about what happens on social media. But just think about real life. Real life. It's hard, isn't it? The things that you deal with at work, with your families, in your homes, with your friends. Tough stuff. That's why Jesus was so brutally honest. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. He wasn't kidding. We know that. Remember the rest of the verse? Take heart, for I have overcome the world. It speaks about bringing his peace. Why? So we won't worry. So we won't have fear. So that we'll choose faith in him over everything else and we'll simply trust him as we take each and every step I'm going to close this series out by kind of circling back to week three a little bit 
and just was, was led to do that. And, and now as I stand here today, I understand the fullness of it. I never quite know where God is going to go with things, and that's okay. I don't need to. But thinking about needs and thinking about trust. And he speaks powerfully into them through the words of the prophet Malachi in chapter um, 3. We're going to read verses 10 to 12. And this is a, 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 a passage that, you know, that I always say all truth is great. It's all life-changing and transformational. This is a passage that I leaned into big time at a certain point in my life. And I have this in my office every day um, to remind me of it. Um, this is something that was given to me by my sister-in-law. And I'm going to... This is cross-stitch, right, Betty? Okay. I didn't, I'm not like the sewing wizard. Um, but my uh, sister-in-law cross-stitched this for me. And if you could read it, it the, this first part right here on top of other things that really reflected a decision that I made to follow Jesus are the words of Malachi 3.10. And the reason that she put them there is... I, I, I really wrestled and struggled, and she knew that with a call to, to go to seminary. See, I knew what that would mean. And maybe you can look back even on um, last week, or I didn't want to fail, I didn't want it to be enough, and I wasn't sure about that. But I knew about all the other stuff, too. I knew what it mean for my wife. I knew what it mean for my family. Just to follow God. We had a lot of long conversations, God and I. He was, in some ways, um, in no uncertain terms, asking me to be all in. Obviously, I said yes. I haven't regretted it. More on that later. And I share that with you because today we're going to read these words. And my hope would be, more importantly, God's hope would be that you hear what he's saying. This is a stiff challenge. God's going to be really blunt and honest with all of us this morning. And he just wants to know what's in your heart. That's it. Before I read them again, um, a little bit about context. Why is it that God called the prophet Malachi to speak to the nation of Israel? Well, and in some ways, it's just really what I just said. They really weren't all in. They were really struggling with that. They had all kinds of laws. They had all kinds of understandings of, of what it would mean, according to them, to be righteous and to follow God. And yet, somehow, some way, somewhere along the way, I think this is true for all of us at different points, there was this drift, and that's where they were at. They were in a drift. They had come to understand things about what it would mean to be God's people that, that weren't true, and God calls them out on it. And I, I challenge you, I encourage you to read the whole book. 
But, but even before we get to verse 10, if you have your Bibles open or, or you, you have an electronic device, you could see it. You'd see what it says in verse 7. He, he says this, and this is really hitting the nail on the head. That's why I'm sharing these. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and you have not kept them. Then he says, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Now, that was a little bit of a struggle. They, they immediately say, well, how are we to return? See, and what's the problem with that? It's because they didn't get it. They didn't understand. They didn't see themselves for who God saw them to be. And so God says that, and then he says something even harder. And I think about these words, and I think about, you know, there's times when I've been blunt and honest. And and I think about speaking words like this, and I know what would happen if I did. Listen to what God says to them. Will a person rob God, yet you rob me? How's that for being pretty bold? But here's the response again. How do we rob you? You know, we, we, we don't get it. So God speaks truth. And he's really honest about it. And this is a challenge. Is it a challenge about financial stuff? Yes. Is it a challenge about being, about the wholeness of a person and how they follow God? Absolutely. So I invite you this morning to open up your hearts and hear what it is that God is saying specifically to you through the words of Malachi 3, verses 10 to 12. Hear the word of the Lord. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops and vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty, this is the word of God. Might it be written in your hearts and lived in your life. Bring the whole tithe. Bring the whole tithe. You know, um, I've had friends who have said to me, that's the time to stop. You're entering the danger zone. Do not go there. Do not speak about tithing and giving. It's a touchy subject. Yeah, it is, to be sure. That's why God speaks so much about it in his word. That's why Jesus spoke more about it than anything else in the New Testament. But he didn't do it about dollars and cents. He did it about the heart. That's really what what giving is is all about. I I think that this is is pretty ironic. See, maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't. You can't look at one bill. You see what kind of denomination I have in my wallet, right? Or a coin. What's stamped on it? 
Very good. God's going to give you all an A for that, whoever. There's other things too, but it's in God we trust. Isn't it ironic that the thing that we struggle with the most, this is not my words, the Lord, finances, possessions, that it's stamped on our currency? Ironic maybe, I don't think coincidental. God knows what, what battles we face. I'm wondering about that in terms of, I, I usually have very little money in my wallet these days, you know, the plastic thing. I wonder if that's not an intentional thing, um, too, so that we don't ever have to lay our eyes on those words. Maybe. God says, um, bring the whole tithe. And when he says that, he says, trust me, that's something that the Jews were really struggling with, quite honestly. I take you back to chapter 1. Listen to these words again. God's just really laying it out here. He's just really being honest. He says this, starting in verse 7. Um, you have defiled, uh, you, bring, you place defiled food on my altar. And again, they say, well, how have we done that? We, we don't get it. By saying uh, that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you bring blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you bring a sacrifice that's crippled or a diseased animal, is that not wrong? Try bringing that to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? See, and they, they had found a spiritual loophole. And so they knew that the law called for them to, to bring offerings and to bring gifts. And yet they said, hmm, you know, if I have a diseased animal or one that's really not worth anything, one that I can't sell, nobody's going to buy this animal, how about if I just bring that? I mean, really, what's the big problem with that? I mean, God's talking about a lamb, right? It doesn't really matter what kind of shape it's in, loophole. You see, again, it wasn't about the, the, the animal. It was about their heart. And this was a practice that started being done simply to be deceptive so they could financially be better off. Plain and simple, God calls them out on it. And it's one of the things that um, has really amazed me throughout the years whenever the, the topic of giving or, or tithing comes up. I've had all kinds of really interesting conversations about it. And people asking and wondering, so when they, you know, you hear that word tithe, what does that mean? Is that 10%? I mean, that's what I understand biblically. And if you'd go back into the Old Testament and you read passages in Exodus and in Leviticus and in other places, you, you read that the people were asking, well, God, what should we bring to you in response to your goodness and grace? And God says, well, how about a tent? That's a starting place. And, and so that, that's where that 10% kind of comes into play. And yet God says what? And, and I take you to 1 Corinthians, uh, excuse me, 2 Corinthians um, 9, and, and this is really where it's all at. See, because God really doesn't matter about the amounts or the percentages. This, this is what he says. 
Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should decide in their heart what they have decided to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. It's about the heart. It's about the heart in terms of what it is that we bring. What it is that we bring financially, absolutely. What it is that we bring as people, as followers of God, absolutely. And, and that's where rather than just this one passage, if you, if you read the whole book of Malachi, you, you'll get that, you'll see that. He's speaking specifically about financial things, but he's speaking about the whole of a person. See, that's what really is causing them to to do it wrongly. It was about their heart, and that's all God wanted. I just want you to to follow me. I want you to to understand that that it's it's about me and, and not about you. That's why I revealed my grace to you. And isn't it true that in so many different ways we get that messed up? We struggle with that. So God speaks to it. He's clear about it. And you could take any area of the living of life and you could apply that truth in terms of what he says about bringing the whole tithe so what does that mean for you? See, this is, this is a stiff challenge. When you hear God say that, I want you to bring the whole tithe. What do you hear? What do you think about? What do you hear and what do you think about? Yes, in terms of finances, in terms of giving. When, when he says bring the whole tithe, what do you think about? In terms of your life, your spiritual gifts. Who it is that you're called to be. What do you think about in terms of your time and your effort? What do you think about in terms of your worship? What do you think about in terms of the time that you spend at work and the time that you spend at school? What do you think about? And how is it that you have designed your life and lived your life and compartmentalized it in terms of all of those things, in terms of who you are, everything that makes it up, Now, when you leave, on Wednesday at 3 o'clock, see, that's what God is speaking about. He's trying to be very, very clear. Will you trust me? If you do, then bring it. Bring it all. And I'm going to have some surprises for you. I, I love the words that follow. Test me in this, says who? Do you see the next words? It's, it's three times in these three verses. Test me in this, says not your neighbor, not the guy at work, not your mom or dad, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. 
and see. See if I will not open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing you won't have room enough for it. Have you ever done that? You just sold out for Jesus. I'm sure some of you have. You're probably recalling them right now. You know, I, I go back um, to these conversations that I was having with God. And all of the concerns and all of the struggles that I had. There's a lot more. There's a big, big story there. I'll keep it short. I'll say this. And so I can go back to um, when that started, and it's been well over 30 years ago. And in some ways, nothing's been easy about it. There has been challenge after challenge and battle after battle, but I would not trade it for anything. You know why? Because God has opened up the floodgates. And there are so many blessings had nothing to do with me, everything to do with him. There are so many blessings that he has brought that all it is is humbling. That's it. I stand amazed at the glory of God and what happens when you simply say, I will, and you pick up your feet and you give him every bit of who it is that you are. Have I personally done that perfectly? Absolutely not. Have I done it willingly? Yes. And God has simply been amazing. There's a great, great challenge there, right? Test me in this and see what happens. Hmm. A lot of times people share with me about the seemingly um, lack of presence of God in their lives. And in the resulting conversation, something that I point them to really are two different things. One, you have to understand that God has chosen you. Think about that. He's chosen you. He's the one that gives grace. He's the one that extended the hand. He's the one that revealed who it is that Jesus is and said in the revealing of grace, I, I count you worthy. You are my child. I love you. And I want you just to pick up your feet and follow me. I think that's an amazing and powerful thing to know that has nothing to do with who we are, that we know Jesus Christ. You can never be good enough even though that's the greatest deception Satan has spun in the world. It's all about grace. And then, not just that he counts you worthy, but that you just give up that part of yourself. See, that's the lordship part, right? You've got grace, you've got sanctification, and, and then you have the lordship piece. And the lordship piece deals with exactly what it is that God challenges the nation of Israel and us today with these words, test me in this and see what happens. You see, what he's speaking about is 
and, and I just, I, I ask you to just process this question now in the moment, but then just keep asking yourself this question. What is it that I'm holding on to? What is it that I'm not willing to give over to God wholly and completely? What is it that I want to make mine? You see, he's saying, if you, if you are willing, if you are willing to, to believe that I am who I say I am, and you bring it all, you don't hold back, if you're willing to do that, you're going to experience something that is incredible and profound. You know, I often think of the disciples, and I thought of them as I prepared for this message. You remember what Jesus said and what happened with, with every single one of them? By the way, they all died martyrs. Did they think that it was worth it? Absolutely. They gave their lives to it. Jesus said simply, you know the words maybe in the Gospels. Read them. First, first few chapters of, of Matthew and of Luke. He just says, come and follow me. And you read that they did. They dropped their nets. They just walked away from it all. They were all in. They gave everything to the call of Jesus. And I think about what that meant in the moment. And I don't know, if have any, are any of you familiar with Chosen, that, that series? Oh, man, if you don't know it, you Google it, start watching it. My, my wife and I started watching it, I don't know, was it like two weeks ago? We just ate it up. We watched all the series. We like Chosen binged. We couldn't stop watching it. It was really great. Powerful, powerful stuff. And they, one of the episodes is about that story where they just leave. And I think, man, they're leaving their families. They're thinking their livelihood. They're leaving their homes, everything. But they were all in. But then you think about that. All of the sacrifices they made, all the things they were willing to let go of, what happened? I can't tell you how many times I'm reading the Gospels and I'm thinking, oh, man, I would love to be there. I'd love to see that. What an incredible privilege. What an awesome moment to experience the power and the presence of God unfold before you. And yet, he says, that's what I'm telling you. And then I stop and think about my life and all of the miracles and the things that I've been able to be a part of and witness changed lives. People giving their lives to Jesus. People who, who, who were in one place and then just by God's grace are in a completely different one. It is, it is so profound. And that's the promise that he brings. Bring the whole tithe. Test me in this. See what happens. And then this reality found in verses 11 and 12. Bringing your best will bring a visible witness about God's goodness. put a, a lighthouse picture up there because I thought of the words of Matthew um, 5, verses 14 to 16, and this is what Jesus says. You're the light of the world. A city on a hill can't be hidden. It's not possible. Neither do people light a lamp put it under a bowl. Remember the children's song? Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. And then these words. In the same way, 
in the same way. In the same way. I said it three times. Let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. God says in verse 11, I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit. Says the Lord Almighty. That's a promise to you and to me individually. You willing to go all in? You willing to bring the whole tithe? You willing to test them in that? You'll see what that means. Will it be about some people if you're thinking along the lines of prosperity gospel? That's not what God is saying. He's talking spiritually. He's talking about life. He's talking about kingdom impact. If you're willing to do that, you're going to see the results. And then he speaks to, to the, whole, the whole of the nation. He said, then all of the nations, this is verse 12, will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land. Again, who says it? Says the Lord Almighty. It's really critical to take a hold of. I mean, those are the promises that God is giving. He gives you a big, stiff challenge. But he gives you an incredible, powerful promise. And it all comes back to you and to me and who it is that we choose to be. It's that simple. What are we going to hold on to? And what are we going to let go of? Are we going to choose faith over fear and recognize that faith brings fruit or not? And I think about what that means for the body of Jesus Christ together. I mean, we have a mission statement, don't we? Winning people to Christ, equipping them to serve. I wrote in the reflections an article about that and you'll get a chance to to read that it fleshes it out a little bit more fuller but in our policy manual underneath that mission statement there's a couple of paragraphs and basically those paragraphs say this I'm going to paraphrase a little bit so don't hold me to every single word here but the upshot of it is this Winning people to Christ, equipping them to serve. Everything, then, that we are to be about is for that reason and for that purpose. And if at any time we make something about us or not about that, we fail in our mission and our purpose. That's something really powerful to think about. Together, as a body of Jesus Christ, and then again, as simply as, as individual followers of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, <laughs> choose faith over fear because faith brings fruit. Let me pray with me. Lord God, I thank you for your word and your truth. You're a good and a gracious God. And you have chosen me and you have chosen each person here. I hope and trust that you've revealed your grace to them as a forgiver of their sins. You've, you've counted 
us worthy, and I praise you for that. No words can describe the joy that that brings. So, Lord, I pray that we would understand the words about what it means to bring the whole tithe, to test you and see if you will not respond and open up the floodgates and pour out the blessings. You are so good. You are so awesome. I praise your holy and precious name. Amen.